So hang on, Luis. You're telling me that we're going to have to the cheer for Solomon Asante at the end of the season? Basically, yeah, for that because it could fall to where we're going to have to depend on that match, depending how like close oh, both teams are. Lord. We might have to, yeah, we might have to hope for a handball goal. See, that's the only time that I would accept a handball goal. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we have two games to talk about. We have last week's game at Phoenix, in which Jared was there present. He'll be talking to us about what it was like to be back at Phoenix Rising Stadium, the game in the Bay Area against Oakland, which marked us getting a win once again, a really valuable one, because as we mentioned, uh, we are playing against uh, some of the playoff teams, so... You always want to get three points ahead of them because uh, you don't want them to get any closer to you there. But let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts here as usual, Sharon and Jared. And first, let's kick it off to you, Sharon. How's it going on this uh, Labor Day? Yeah, well, happy Labor Day. And and for me, I feel like a a barbecue is in the offing for me and wish you guys were nearby. We'd We'd be snacking on some barbecue. So all good. Everything is good. Recovered from Saturday pretty much long drive not long drive you know went down and back with tina thank you tina and jared uh how are you doing out there in phoenix toasty roasty phoenix well not quite toasty uh th- thankfully i mean we're only maybe in, in the hundreds or so um i mean the past week or so thanks to all the uh monsoon action we, we've been having so definitely grateful for that i'll i'll include that here in a little bit but uh yeah just um labor day you know happy labor day i was Got to remember uh, all the uh, rights and privileges and such that that uh, we have nowadays that uh, so many people have fought for uh, in the workplace uh, years ago. So definitely, you know, taking advantage of that. Um, just pretty much relaxing. I can't wait to get into talking about these matches. Yeah, and we have lots to talk about because a lot of things happen in the matches. Some things happen outside of the matches too, in terms of like news-wise uh, across the league and all that. So. Well, we'll dive right into it because I have a few thoughts on certain things that went on here. But uh, before we do so, though, as usual, let's go over two Golossos of Gratitude with you, Sharon. Kick us off. And now one of my favorite segments, Golossos of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them anyhow. Let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. I just want to say thank you to Jared for attending the match in Phoenix. Uh, Definitely a toasty match for you. And to the squad for having a very long road trip, playing on turf so many times, coming home, playing on turf again, and then turning around and playing on turf in Oakland. It's just like you guys deserve this break. Thank you so much for, you know, going many, many weeks away and all of that. Thank you. And thank you for t- to Tina for traveling with me down to Oakland. I really appreciate the, the company and camaraderie. And a big, huge thank you to all of the fans from Sac Republic who made the trip to Oakland. Man, it, we were showing, we showed up in force. We were pretty loud and it was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, and then I also had to give a, a shout out to some of my old buddies, uh, Jordan Farrell, Dustin Cleaver, um, Brent Sasaki for being 
at the match and chatting up and Emma Clementa and Todd and Pastor, everybody was just very super friendly and uh, willing to have a conversation and, and chit chat. Really appreciate that, you know, that that level of openness and and fun that everybody had. Great time. And I will say the Oakland Roots supporters were so kind. We got there early in Oakland and they were super sweet to us. They even invited us to have barbecue and drinks with them, which we passed because we were wondering what we were going to get once we got in the stadium. So we kind of held off. Um, but, you know, all in all, just big thank you. And you're right, Jared, you know, thanks to all who are working. Um, Labor Day is you know, just a, 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 a wonderful day to have to celebrate our workforce. Jared, what you got? As far as this past week, it's definitely been a mixed bag, uh, to say the least. But uh, definitely want to give a gloss of gratitude uh, to, uh, first of all, to Sharon for last uh, weekend uh, in, in Sacramento. So making sure that uh, I was taken care of, which was very, very much appreciated. I mean, it definitely helped out in making the uh, Hughes Stadium match uh, as fun and enjoyable as it was uh definitely also also want to give a glass of gratitude to, to the club for you know put, putting so much effort into these past couple matches especially the uh the match in oakland i, I know that was you know good to be close to home and finally get, getting a win i'm starting to think that maybe my uh, golden one uh, center curse is carrying over to the republic since the last two matches i've attended ended up in lo- losses but I don't know. And also a big uh, glass of gratitude, uh, unlikely one, to FC Tulsa, who we'll get into in a, a little bit here. But uh, very grateful that the lone uh, act, active uh, club in Oklahoma came through and in, in, not necessarily in the clutch, but basically delivered for us. So definitely appreciate that. Th- thank you, State of Sequoia. You know, it's, I'll get, get to that uh, some other time, maybe off air. Um, and also to Mother Nature, who thankfully with with the monsoons that we've been having here in Arizona, have been keeping the temperature at or just below 100 degrees. Uh, unfortunately, that the 110s are going to be coming back uh, this coming weekend. So, just enjoying it for right now. Luis, how about you? Yeah, gotta enjoy any uh, you know lower temperatures there for sure. But hopefully, the 110s are long gone soon. Right? It's like we're about to get fall before <laughs> you guys start to get cooler weather. Well, for Michael, also gratitude. I know it was out last week. So first one goes out to you too for taking over hosting duties and for promptly sending me that uh, episode to be posted. I actually edit everything on my iPad and it luckily didn't take too long, but it would have been quicker if I would have taken my laptop. But So just heads up if anyone heard the last episode, if it wasn't as edited as usual or anything like that. It's because I, I sped through it and I did it all through an iPad. And it's it's quite interesting to edit on there. And then another one again to you, too, for going to these last two away matches. You, Jared, going to Phoenix. I know it's right there, but still an away match there. And you, Sharon and Tina, and everyone also went to Oakland. That's really fantastic. It's really great when you see uh, fans making a trip anywhere in the country. And luckily here for us, we have these uh venues like oakland and monterey that are just within a drive away you can go back home the same day no need to worry about hotels and and all that and then one more goes out to my uncle for actually traveling down to southern california with me uh last week that's the reason why i wasn't on the episode 
we had a blast going over there. Our road trip was really great. And uh, shout out to Hertz, by the way, because I actually uh, was supposed to rent a uh, Model 3. And they actually got me an upgrade to a Model Y, which I was quite shocked when, when I got there. But hey, I'll take it for the same price. So if uh, you guys get lucky, you might run into the same situation. I guess if they don't have any Model 3, they have to give you a free upgrade. So uh, that was uh, awesome by them. But yeah, I'm glad to be back here, though, because we do have a lot to talk about in terms of the last two games. Lots has happened. And luckily, we got the three points on Saturday because it would have been a whole different conversation had we not even gotten a point. So super thankful for that as well as a little bonus uh, gloss of gratitude. But before we talk about the games, though, this happened before the game on Saturday. It was like sometime a little bit after the week that um, we found out throughout the USL. And again, we hear these news and all that, and then we make our commentary on it, too. But it just seemed like super unfair. And it's one of those situations where you put yourself in the team's shoes and you'd be pretty disappointed as a fan of that team. But uh, Hartford Athletic, who are uh, pretty much last place in, in the East, uh, they actually had 10 cases of COVID, which, I mean, that's crazy for any team. That impacts almost your entire squad, really. And among those, they actually didn't have, uh, they did not have a goalkeeper that would actually be eligible to be playing, right? So I know, Sharon, you were saying they scrambled through. They ended up signing one last minute, but... The thing here is the USL didn't bother to actually reschedule a match and Tampa Bay didn't so either. And what I think was more annoying is to see them actually clinch playoffs, to see the USL actually share that post. And thankfully for Hartford, it wasn't like a trashing match, right? I mean, they lost 2-1, which you got to hand it off to them. That's really amazing for all the issues that they were having. But my thing here is that for one, they should have postponed it for Hartford Athletic, right? But for two, if there were 10 cases of COVID in Hartford, there's nothing telling us that there were more cases in the players that actually ended up playing the match. So the USL could have taken a big risk and still letting this match kind of move forward, right? Since they could have just made an issue get even worse, right? I mean, we're going back to 2020 days, but still they weren't considerate enough to do that. And it seemed like they were favoring the Rowdies, right? What were you guys' thoughts on this? Well, I'm probably not as harsh a critic. Um, you know, I, I definitely know that the USL has its uh, uh, favorites. You know, um, if you think back to last year when we asked the club and definitely asked the club, can we please postpone the match on September 3rd before we have to three days later go and play? in the U.S. Open Cup against MLS squad where they had the MLS postpone the matches so that their players would be fresh and could win, whereas the USL had heard none of that from us. The USL is just not in favor of rescheduling matches. And in speaking with folks in the know, you know, some of the GMs around and, you know, other people, it's just, they just, they just don't do it. They It's not a fight. It's not as much of a financial thing. I mean, it isn't that hard to reschedule matches. I mean, we had to do that in the early days, you know, fires at the stadium. And yeah, the the team that came to us was pissed, but they didn't want to stick around for two more days. But somehow the USL came up with funds, so they helped out. It was Orange County, by the way. They helped them, uh, you know, cover the costs of two more nights of, of hotel stays. Otherwise, you know, that would have been all. And, you know, you got to rebook flights there's just too many moving parts 
Um, and I, I have a feeling the USL just, I mean, they just don't have, I don't know, the wherewithal, like the MLS is a huge structure. It's bigger, um, more money in MLS and the USL isn't kind of as uh, wealthy to, um, what do you call, sustain those sorts of things. But still, favoritism appears to be a thing. I mean, if you think about it, I had mentioned offline when when Sac Republic was doing like massive stellar things early in the season and we were like zoomed right into first place and we were having all of these incredible um, accomplishments and we've rarely heard a peep mm. from the USL that, you know, Sac Republic and West Coast teams were doing these incredible things until some of us started to complain and call them out on it, you know, by tagging them and that sort of a stuff. And then we started to get like one or two bones thrown our way, but that, but then, you know, Tampa Bay will do like one thing, like your keeper made a save. I'm kidding. I mean, I don't know what they, but it seems as though a lot of the East coast teams get highlighted more so than the West coast teams. And, you know, there's in particular their favorites. So if anybody from the USL is listening to this and you want to hop on <laughs> and join our podcast and talk a little bit about, you know, what are the metrics for getting elevated or getting, I don't know, considered differently and to talk about this Hartford situation, it would be great to have somebody from the USL let us know really, what were you thinking? Was it because you didn't want to reschedule the referees? You know, you didn't want a Monday night match? It would have been perfect. You know, well, maybe, you know, if the players had been cleared to play, but eh. I and oh, I'm going to sound horrible here and people are going to hate me. Is is COVID, are people getting as sick on COVID? Do you guys know? I mean, seriously, I haven't had it. Um, my sister had it last year, but who's had it this year and how bad is it? Is it worse than a cold? I mean, like, seriously. Tell well, me. My, well, my aunt uh, recently got uh, diagnosed with, with it. Um, I, I know we we were all supposed to head up to Roseville uh, last uh, Monday or so, but... Uh, Due to uh, some other situation, uh, they weren't able to make it. But uh, we had just found out that uh, my aunt uh, had gotten it. Uh, there, there has been supposedly a, a slight uptick in COVID cases uh, this past uh, month or so. So that's probably uh, you know a factor in it. So obviously, there's going to be some you know safety protocols and everything like that. But as far as you know, not rescheduling or making some accommodations, anything like that. I've I've got my opinions on it. I know it's probably opinions, hearsay, what or whatever. But I mean, the fact that uh, it involved the Rowdies and the USL office itself is located in Tampa. I mean, I'm not trying to say home cooking, but uh, I suspect home cooking. And I'm not talking po' folks. <laughs> You're killing us. So we already know your opinion, Luis. So probably we can just kind of. <laughs> move on we we know what we always know this we always know Luis's opinion of the usl we always know Luis's opinion on the referees even though we may be exact opposite on certain things but we always know refs are suspect when it comes to Luis, and the usl is also suspect <laughs> and the mls oh and the, oh may, especially the mls in the season two but yeah and referees i have a referee friend out there too so shout, shout out to him but yeah <laughs> i you know there's there's the issues there but uh, you know, with USL, I I mean, I I want to like the organization, right? I like what they're doing for 
places in the country that don't have soccer, right? The, all the right. new cities, the expansions and all that. But you're right. When it comes to like favorites, it does seem like more teams get more coverage. They get more attention. And it really doesn't make sense how like Sac and I mean, I'm not trying to be biased here. I know we're like Sac Republic fans and all that. But when it comes down to it, if we looked at how much money each team generates across the entire league, Sac's got to be at least in the top three, right? I mean, I would say number one, but, you know, again, I don't have like the metrics, but it's got to be at least top three, right? We were a team that was basically MLS right at a certain point and so the other teams can't really say the same now in terms of attendance I feel like we're up there as well right I don't think that there's any other team that maybe is like I like us too right I mean they might get a few thousand fans close to us but I think think we're still above yeah I think I think Louisville on a good night used to match our you know and so did um was it Detroit City I forget which other one was also very high in in attendance. There's a couple that are really high in attendance, but as far as money makers, look what we just did on the 26th of August with you know 20,000 plus people. Yeah, some of them were comp tickets, but whatever. You know, you take those out and you still have like this massive crowd and this massive dollar hitting hitting the 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 region. You know, hitting hitting that stadium. It was crazy. And, you know, rumor has it that the stadium alone and all the features that go with it was 150 grand or 125 grand, you know, and so not cheap. And I don't know if that was employee costs, you know, worked into that, but that's a one, that's a one shot deal. That's mm-hmm. money. It's gone. Yeah. So there you have it, right? I mean, we, we did that. And heck, even if they were comp tickets, you got people in those seats still, right? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they were still there, they're still consuming it. They're still, it's like when movie theaters give out free movie tickets, right? The movie theaters not making money off those tickets necessarily. They're making more of the concessions and all that. So, concessions, yeah. 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 And all these other places, I mean, they could give them away, but people aren't going still. <laughs> right. So, so oh. the test of the success of that, and I know we're bouncing all over the place, is uh, on September 16th, the test of, having that many people exposed to a Sac Republic match who may not have gone in a long time um, will be how many people show up on the 16th. And I will tell everybody listening to this, tell your friends, let's go, let's pack the house on September 16th, you know, for our next home match at, you know, with Sac Republic, because that's going to be our test. Come back, see it at Heart Health Park. Um, start generating the enthusiasm the way we mm-hmm. did for, the game at Hughes Stadium gets Hughes back match. Yeah, what be- and what better way to celebrate 916 Day than to come out and support the Sacramento Republic FC at home? 916. Yeah, the team should do something about that. I don't know if there's like some festivity or something, but I mean, you know yeah, what? that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that is 916 Day. Huh? Right now, I'm going to be texting somebody to say, I hope we're going to be, you know, doing something about repping the 916. I'm, I'm going to. Right here. You guys keep talking amongst yourselves. I'm going to go text somebody right now. Yeah. And luckily, there's still enough time, right? I mean, we're going to have a weekend off, plenty of time to organize anything, too. So uh, there you have it, yo. There you go. (laughs) One more idea for a a game day experience there. But that's that. I just wanted to bring that up, too, just because that that was the situation going on. And, And it's always a good time to bring up issues like this and give our thoughts on things that happen. But Hopefully they change their ways because uh, I'm always hopeful about that. Um, now, actually, really quick, while I'm still on the topic of USL as an organization, 
I wanted to bring this up before, but I wasn't on the show last week. But Jared actually shared this with me, and it brought a smile to my face because I've heard about this before. I think I've probably mentioned it here, but now it feels like it might be a reality. But it's looking like Modesto, my hometown, is going to probably get a USL team. Now, it, it might be League 2, or I think Jared, did, did it say League 1? I'm trying to remember which one of the two, but yeah, it's happening, right, yeah. Jared? Well, it's it's not necessarily in concrete. They're more or less looking at studies at uh, uh, certain cities. Modesto did happen to be included into it, uh, mainly in regard to uh, this firm MSG, not not as in uh, Madison Square Garden Group or anything like that. It's an entirely different company. But uh, they were looking at Modesto because of the fact that they know that Modesto is going to need a new stadium sometime soon. And more than likely, it could be a combination uh, with the Modesto Nuts. and. Granted, I know we have our views about baseball stadiums uh, hosting soccer, but who who knows? I mean, this, this could be an opportunity maybe to have some sort of technology to where soccer can actually take off on a baseball field. You know, I mean, I, I know Tulsa had for a while had a retractable uh, pitcher's mound over there at One Oak Field, but uh, I don't know. It would be nice to have a USL one team. In Modesto, I mean, you figure maybe Republic might partner with them, or it could be uh, a, a 99 rivalry between uh, Modesto and Fresno. Who knows? I mean, it would definitely be interesting. Yeah, and I know for a fact that they are actually going to be building a stadium there because the Modesto Nuts are going to be forced out. I've been kind of following that journey and what's been going on there, too. So that's what makes this feel more a little more concrete. I know it's not official yet, but... The nuts are going to be moving over to downtown. So they are going to be doing that. They're not going to be renovating the place where they're at right now. I know for a fact, which is great for them to, to move on downtown, bring more business right there, and uh just also bring potentially this uh soccer team too, which hey, if even if it's on a baseball field, I mean y'all know I'm not a fan of those two, but if it means me having a USL team here in town, I'm all for it too. I don't care if it <laughs> If it's like that too. Now, speaking of fields, I did actually want to bring something up because, you know, of course I wasn't at the Hughes Stadium match, but the one thing I didn't like, and I don't know what your thoughts were on this too, is those American football lines, which after baseball fields, or that might actually be before baseball fields. It's something I do not enjoy watching when I'm watching my sport. Yeah, we talked about that on the last podcast. So okay. at length, we we covered a lot of that. So Moving on, we didn't like it. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, uh, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of you watching there on TV, whatever choir you watch there or on TV, just tells me like it. that Luis did not listen to the last podcast. He literally <laughs> just put it up there without <laughs> listening to it, dude. That's just wrong. <laughs> I, I actually had to speed through it too. So I mean, everything anything I heard was a uh, chipmunk uh, style because I that was a really quick. Quick edit too. That's why I mentioned earlier, but, said <laughs> but I'm the glad you didn't like it. We didn't like it. Nobody liked it. Nobody, yeah. Nobody did. It was horrible. So here's my thing. And it'd be interesting to have someone on the team maybe talk to us about that. I wonder why they couldn't do this when football season wasn't happening. Right? Like they could have done this maybe at the beginning. I'm not sure like how their season runs or what, but maybe at a time of the season when they're not playing there if that's even a thing like or do they play year round or so those lines are permanent that's white 
literally white colored grass, yellow colored grass. Those those markings are permanent. The only way to unmark them, and this is mm. what we tried to do um, in 2014, is paint them with a washable green. But that was bullshit because then the players ended up with green paint all over their oh. uniforms. Yeah. So oh, okay. it, was, it kind of backfired on us. Yeah. So I would say that if it's a, these are, those are permanent markings that you can't change them. Oh, okay. okay. Cause I was just going to say like what happened back in the day, but oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, there's no back in the day anymore with the, with the way that they make football fields. It literally is a different colored turf for the lines. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that answers yeah, that. Let, let's not go back to you stadium then y'all let's, let's stay with the <laughs> hard hell park then. Cause yeah, uh, after seeing that, I was like, if I was there at the stadium, I would be like, this is so annoying. I was not expecting this, but there you have it, y'all. Good thing we have our own stadium now, because I, I could it would be so like disastrous having to play in that every single week. <laughs> um, but let's go on and move on to uh the two games we're gonna be covering here real quick. Let's go to the game at Phoenix. Since you were there at the game, Jared, and you've been to that stadium multiple times, we were just there not not too long ago, a few months. Uh just Tell us what it was like this time around. I know it was on a Wednesday night, so it was probably a little bit more uh, slower than usual, right, since it wasn't on a Saturday night. But how was it for you? Yeah, uh, Wednesday was uh, definitely a little bit of a, how can I put it this way? Uh, Even with the $1 Modelos, uh, the crowd was was still pretty sparse. I mean, I was able to move down to the uh, front row of of my seats uh, for the first half. Uh, but even then, you know, you, know, you still had a lot of uh, rising fans that did show up. Uh, I, I chatted with a, with a couple here and there, uh, managed to get, you know, what's now become my staple there, the uh, Venezuelan street meal. So, you know, uh, yuca fries, uh, carne asada, uh, chorizos, all the stuff like that there. And beforehand, I did go to a, a little O's, uh, which is part of Oso Brewery, and did partake in the uh, PRFC beer curse, which now, unfortunately, is null and void. That thanks to the result. Uh, but no, I mean, other, other than that, you know, uh, a lot of folks showed up. I was able to get down to the uh, players uh, tunnel and uh, wished every, all the Republic of C players there uh, good luck. You know, I got the high five and everything like that. And, um, you know, once the second half arrived, I decided to switch and go across the field to where I was on TV side uh, on the uh, Republic of Sea attack end. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into these uh, uh, goals that were scored. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the, they were in quick succession for Phoenix. Uh, so right now, Luis is just uh, pulling up the highlights so we can have a quick review of, of those games. Can I just go take a break while you guys do this part? Cause it was just sad. You know, it, it, we didn't want to get beat and we we got beat in Phoenix. And I really thought that the beer curse was working. But when you saw the temperatures, the starting, the temperatures at the start of the match, there's just, there's just no way. There's just no way that you could ask these guys to turn it around as quickly as they did from the 26th to the 30th and expect of you know something full and stellar out of these guys you know we had a uh, again a couple little weird mistakes um i don't even want to talk about it yeah but uh yeah i mean i, I really don't want to talk about it as well but uh 
since I was there, I'm, I kind of have to. So, uh, but yeah, that uh, Phoenix had just uh, taken advantage of uh, some of the positioning that, that we had, and unfortunately, you're able to get it uh, right past Danny. And uh, you're in about the 60th minute. Uh, Phoenix was able to yeah get it to go through uh, just a quick succession. I mean, they had this goal that uh, put them up one nothing, and it seemed uh, just a couple minutes later. They uh, ended up uh, striking again, but uh, had Jack uh, not, had Jack not been as deep as he was when the initial pass was made, and I know you're supposed to track, but the angle that the defense had um, it was it was reversed. Um, they kind of got out of positioning. You're supposed to be on a on a from the side of the ball. The the line is supposed to be a diagonal backwards, and it was kind of it was a little bit reversed. And Jack put that one guy on. I know he was tracking him, but the minute the ball was played, Jack took off. And if if you look at when the the number ten made the pass, Jack had dropped so far into the defense that it put that guy on sides, whereas the other players held the line. So. Um, not, you know, nobody's perfect and I'm not blaming anybody, but you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, had Danny stayed on his feet, you never know how players going to go, but had Danny stayed on his feet, he could have stopped that ball. He could have caught it right in the bread basket. Cause it was a high shot. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Daisy cutter. So, but man, they slotted it. They found the seams and creases, man. They, mm-hmm. they, um, did that thing where you drive a Mack truck through the defense and, and they knew exactly what they were doing right then and there on this goal. I know I said I was going to take a break and not talk about it, but I'm talking <laughs> about it. Sorry, guys. I was just going to say what you said because uh, I was like, this is just one of those goals that, you know, you could perfectly describe it as you usually do with the, the Mack truck reference right there. But that's what they did, right? They just they walked right through the guy who starts to play, like just <laughs> continues it on and it ends up getting an assist himself. and. It just seemed like he was just walking, right? He walked directly to it, gave the assist to the guy. And honestly, when he gave the assist to the guy, I was like, this could be one of those plays in which one of our players ends up like blocking it. And then we're over here like praising them or Danny, right? To say like, oh, wow, that was an amazing block. But I don't know. He had some time. Even the guy who ends up pulling the shot, I feel like someone could have probably like gone right through, tackle him. Maybe it would have been a PK. I don't know. But like, it just seemed like when I was watching the play in live TV, they had some time maybe to just like, I don't throw yourself out there. I don't care what you do. Just like put yourself (laughs) in front of that ball because it was a pass to the back, right? It wasn't like, like he shot right away. He still had an instance where he was, he got ready to pull the shot. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because Shane usually throws his body every day and he was the the guy who tried to slide and go down and, you know, block the shot. Conversely, on Saturday, Shane was the man who blocked pretty much every shot that happened on Oakland when we made a mistake. So Shane knows how to do all that stuff, but it just didn't work for him this last time. And there's no fault on Shane at, at all here. You know, it's just, but he's, he's the guy that'll go to ground. He'll be the first guy to go to ground he doesn't care. He's young. He's disposable kind of thing. You know, he's that guy. And I love that about Shane. He will do anything he possibly can to block the shot. Same with Connor. I mean, like Connor Donovan will put his head on mm-hmm. anything. Um, <laughs> the diving header that he made on Saturday night. I know we're going to talk about it, but there were some things happening, you know, with some of our guys. But unfortunately, it was just kind of like a little disjointed. And I, 
I think they just didn't have enough rest. And uh, they, they, I don't know where the communication was because I heard how they were communicating on Saturday. You could hear every little thing. You, Matt LaGrasso is a great field general. He was yelling at guys to be in certain positions and, you know, pulling people closer, tucking them in. He sees the field so well. And he's so vocal on on everything like that. Anyhow, keep going on this. I know that they scored again. Yeah, and yeah, not not too long later. again. Yeah, we, it, it was just one of those things where you get scored again, and if you're two nil down with 25 minutes left, it's it's tough being on on that side, right? And we haven't really been in that circumstance that much, so it's kind of a test of like how well can we react to it, right? And so in a sense, it's like it sucks to be in it, but it forces the players to think, what are you going to do? Because you might encounter this later on in the season or, you know, playoff time. You got to know how to be able to uh, respond to that. And I was quite shocked in the second goal by Phoenix that the one player that doesn't really make mistakes all that often, right, made a mistake here, right? And it wasn't just like one of those casual mistakes. It was one of those things where it's like, uh, you know better than to do that, right? So Lee misses Jared, right? He passes the ball basically to the Phoenix player, right? Is how the play started. And once I saw that, once I saw the Phoenix player get the first uh, advantage to it right there, right in front of Jared, I was like, we got to be careful because we're going to be down back, right? There's going to be a one-on-one opportunity if we are not like really paying attention to it. But when it comes down to it, I mean, these goals have happened a lot right i'm not saying directly to us right but in general in the sport we see this happen often right player makes a mistake the other team counteracts you and before you know it they're scoring their next goal and it was rough to see that but like i said once i saw that once you saw danny trejo make the run to it it was like danny you're our last hope and i'm not talking about danny trejo but our danny (laughs) you know it's like Danny you gotta stop your fellow Danny right there but it was rough I mean I can't blame him because he he was on a run there's no way that any of our defenders could have done much because he was already getting ready to pull the shot so even if Lee would have like slight tackled him that shot was already on its way right he would have maybe just like tackled Danny out but it, it was just tough right and I think Danny gets a slight touch to it but I mean, the shot was like perfectly angled to the point where it was really tough to block it out. And this is what happens where right? a team scores their goal. They're on fire for the next few minutes. And if you let them score again, they're just going to keep doing their thing, right? Because they're the team that's in form at the time being. And so that's that's what happened right there. But yeah, what do you guys think just seeing this? And I guess maybe being as shocked as I was at seeing Lee making a mistake like that. Rip out my heart. Well, I was already prepared since I had uh, gotten four, four of the a dollar uh, uh, modelos. So I was already set to, to uh, get some first aid for the liver <laughs> after <laughs> after seeing that second one. So, yeah. Thankfully, they were a dollar, right? It would have been it would probably hurt more to <laughs> to think how much they could. Yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> Granted, Estrella Jalisco would have been better, but uh, no, I'm not spending thirteen or fifteen dollars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just go with the uh, dollar modelos. <laughs> At least they have dollar ones over there, right? Harhol Park. Does it? I don't think there's. Has there ever been a dollar night? There's no. never been a dollar. Night. No, there, there's, <laughs> been, there's been there's been a two dollar. 
Oh, okay. Five dollar. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, because well, also they had the white claw Wednesdays for a little bit. Oh, okay, but they probably weren't dollar. Uh, yeah, probably, probably five dollars sounds more reasonable. <laughs> yeah, oh, for them, right? No, uh, we got to pay the man. You know, the man being uh, Cal Expo and whatever it's called, Ovations. Yeah, oh we're, yeah, uh, we're not in control. Sadly, sadly. Hopefully that changes soon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's what happened in that goal. Two zero, we were down, and you know what? We were hoping we at least get one goal in, right? Because there's nothing like. At least getting a goal in, not letting the other team get a clean sheet. That's always tough when you you allow the other team to get a clean sheet, especially when it's a rival side uh, like Phoenix. And when you have away fans like Jared, you you got to give yourself like at least a goal to celebrate <laughs> at the very least if you're making a, any trip to any uh, away venue there. And luckily that happened at the 84th minute. Roro got subbed in. In my opinion, he probably should have been subbed in a few minutes before, right? Because... I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, but well, for those of us watching on TV, of course, but they actually panned the camera to one angle where you could see uh, Coach and uh, Roro was like uh, over near the corner kick area too. And it looked like he kept staring at Coach like, hey, are you going to sub me in? Because we're down 2-0 and uh, I really want to play, right? I mean, I know he didn't really get that much playing time as I imagined he would in the game at, at the Hughes Stadium, but I was thinking he'd be getting a few more minutes here, given the fact that he was in that situation. But the guy was ready, right? We know that the guy, it doesn't matter, like you said, like he could have been injured and he still would have been wanting to play out there. Uh, and and so that's just my thoughts, because look at what happened, right? He gets the assist to the goal, right? In the corner kick, which I'm happy to see another corner kick goal. I don't know how long it's been since we've seen a goal scored by us from a corner kick right it's got to be at least quite some time since uh we've seen that and what better than to see shane get his first goal of the season too right out of a opportunity like this and only that right but give us the hope and i'm sure jared you were praying right there like please we've got plenty of time to at least get this tie and we could have been we were close though but what did you guys think after this uh to, to be honest, when this score was going on, I you know, I had taken a brief moment to have a look at the phones, you know, see some of the chat that was coming across. So I did, unfortunately, did not see the goal happen right then and there. But uh, the one way I did find uh, about the score was uh, the announcement because I, once again, with the crowd being so sparse there at uh, Rising FC Stadium, you didn't hear a whole lot of booing or anything like that. It was just like the, the same crowd lull as if the match was going on. So that, uh, explain why I didn't hear hey we scored a goal until Sacramento Republic FC goal you know, from the PA announcer but uh upon reviewing the uh the highlights of this I mean yeah it looked like that it was just a little bit high for for one player but uh, Shane Wheat you know was Johnny on the spot was able to get the header in there so that uh breathed a little bit of life into the match even though there was just a few minutes and stoppage time left uh, remaining so I'll tell you what, when, you know, when Rowan Seba made their appearance, you know, on the, on the pitch, they, there wasn't much time left. So we, we figured, you know, they're going to play balls to the wall. And sure enough, you know, they did their magic and Seba was the one who was trying to get his head on the, and the ball. Thank God he's short. 
and it went over him because Shane had a bead on that thing when we watched it and we got to see the replay over and over and over and over. And I was just so proud of, in the chat. I was like, yes, finally a defender, you know, gets his goal. It's kind of like an angel getting their wings in a way. Not really, you know, we heard the bells ring and everything like that. But, you know, Connor's been trying, Connor Donovan has been trying to get a goal all season. And then Shane comes along, you know, he's, he's kind of Johnny come lately. And all of a sudden, boom, he's in, he's got his goal. So it's like, okay, Connor, you're next. Next, we promise you're next for these defenders getting their these tall guys getting their goals. But it was perfect. It was perfect. It was almost like you know Roe knew exactly where the head of Shane was, like perfectly. It's like, oh yeah, Seba, don't even bother. Shane's got this one right. And I you was know, just like, thank God everybody celebrated the the goal at the end of the day um, because it was it was it was freaking phenomenal it but so nice to see these guys coming back from injury and getting a little more minutes and you know it was great now the one thing in this match was that Keko didn't make a um he didn't he didn't get a chance to travel with the team I think the coach really wanted to rest him but no player wants to rest you know when they're mm -hmm. like so dedicated and so in on on this squad and the results I'm sure Matt Lagrasse didn't make the, the trip either. So Matt and Keko both got rested because we've got a campaign we have to finish out and close mm -hmm. out. So as much as the players don't enjoy resting, mm -hmm. they need to know that we know better. You know, the trackers on you know, their bodies that the training staff are looking at, you know, uh, Katie and everybody and Luke, they know what's being expended by these guys. So they know that, who, who should be resting so that we can finish out the campaign strongly and give these guys a, you know, give them a break. It's hard when you're very dedicated and into this whole thing, but anyhow. So we just watched uh, Luis fast forwarded to a save that, that Danny Vidiolo made and tried to get the game restarted in the 93rd minute and, you know, tried to uh, make something of uh, an attack and tried to generate an, an attack. Um, so, Luis, what do you see here? Well, we definitely had our opportunities after that goal. And that's why I think that we could have tied the match, right? I mean, the momentum was with us. The team started to, like, push forward and all that. You know, we got a few uh, opportunities that came about to another corner kick, one that could have been a goal, right? But Jared, unfortunately, wasn't able to header the ball in there. But, I mean, this is the way you finish matches when you're down, right? You score the goal. You just keep keep on pushing through and you know sometimes you don't get it like it was in this case but other times you end up actually tying the match so i mean you, you can't really uh say much to any team that tries their best to get that goal and if, even if they don't do it at least they tried right at least they tried and like you mentioned sharon they had just come off playing just a few days ago and to go into phoenix and to that like heat that we know how it is playing there it's not easy. It's not easy to. And that's why I keep saying I wish that they play these games on Saturdays rather than on Wednesdays, like how these past two matches were for uh, between uh, both teams. But uh, yeah, I guess it goes back to the whole thing that USL doesn't see us as a favorite. So they're like, eh, sack against Phoenix. Ah, throw it on a Wednesday. Uh, oh, you know what? Or, or maybe they just want to make our lives a living nightmare, right? That <laughs> they're like, yeah. Let's put it on a Wednesday. <laughs> you know, you, you've got a point there, but if you think about um, some of the stronger teams have stronger players who will be on international duty and Zico just stepped out 
for international duty for this upcoming mm-hmm. weekend or week. And it makes sense. It's kind of funny as much as I don't like Wednesday or Sunday matches. Um, they do have to fit in a certain number of, of matches throughout the season while also giving a little time for international duty. And we kind of lucked out because if we're missing Zico for this coming weekend for which we have no match, you know, it's, it, it, it makes kind of sense that they squeeze the matches in some other way. I mean, look at, okay. So yeah, it's the champions league and other things, but their matches are on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and that, you know, the team will have just played a match on Friday, Saturday or, or Sunday and have to turn around and play. So if you're looking at, you know, Europe, um, it's, so I don't know. I think we just have to get used to the fact that, and I'm trying to rationalize Wednesday matches, but it's weird that Phoenix pulled both Wednesdays. It just was weird. I know we had one other team that we played on a Wednesday. Um, oh, we're coming up on a, on a team that we're going to be playing on Wednesday, the 20th of uh, September. Um, and I believe, is it RGV or is it, um, yeah, I think it's RGV. We play on a Wednesday, I think, at home. And then we play El Paso on the 16th, right? Isn't that who we play on the 16th? But we'll talk about who we're going to be up against, you know, the next home matches after we discuss what what happened at, in Oakland when it was raining, by the way. It was kind of drizzly, lovely Bay Area weather. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I know it was pretty cloudy. Over here too on on Saturday and cool weather it was too. Yeah. In the morning, it was it was raining wow. in the morning. Yeah, on on Saturday here for Elk Grove, that was kind of oh. cool. Well, it's perfect weather when it's drizzling too, as long as it's not like pouring rain. I think that's the perfect weather to to play into because it doesn't mean that there's any uh, hydration breaks. Which that was my last thing with this match. The ref gave the second hydration break really late into the match, like. A little too late. I think it was like in the 78th, 79th minute. And I was like, shouldn't it have been earlier? Why is he waiting till there's only 10 minutes left of stoppage? Right. It yeah. should have been at the 70th minute. Yeah. So it was really, yeah, it was strange. So, yeah. Oh, no, 65th minute. Well, 70th, right in there. Yeah. Between the, yeah. So I just, I thought it was really late too. So one more thing for the referees right there. So yeah, I had to, I had to squeeze in the referee yeah. issue there. Um, but let's talk about this game that uh, you and Tina and a lot of others actually had the privilege to be able to uh, to go right there. And not just that, but you guys got to see the goal early on. And there's nothing like actually being at a match and watching an early goal, right? Because then, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything, but you feel a little more relaxed. Like, okay, all right, you know, let's keep attacking. Let's maybe get some more goals come through. And uh, yeah, that's what happened, right? We got a PK called in our favor there. And I want to know, Sharon, being there at the match, how'd you guys feel? You saw the title come through. The referee's finally giving us a good call. <laughs> and so what's, uh, yeah. what, what's weird is, so the first foul was more of a foul than the one on Seba or the second, the second one, I think it was Keko or Seba that got, uh, that got fouled on the second one. But our guys definitely know how to fall in the box. <laughs> it worked out to our favor. Um, he got nudged essentially off the ball and I don't know if he had a playable opportunity, you know, to finish working the ball, but there was so much protest by Oakland. Like, how is that even a foul? I think the first call was worse. Um, uh, that should have been called outside the box, but, um, and I think that was on Donnie, that foul was worse. 
than the the second foul. But the second foul, he caught his um, he caught uh, Kecko's uh, ankle slash foot. I don't know if he stepped on the guy, stepped on his foot or ankle, but you know. Get, <laughs> all right, we're gonna tell the truth here. We have a game behind the scenes where anytime Kecko goes down because he gets fouled a lot because he is involved with the play a lot. He touches the ball a lot and he holds the ball. He's a dribbler and he's really good with his feet. And so, yes, he's going to get tackled. But every time Kecko goes down, somebody in the background will say the word drink. So it's not like a drinking game, but yeah. So poor Chris, uh, she, that, yeah, we were sharing pictures of ourselves uh, having a, a drink, whether it's water or alcohol. Um, but yeah, we had a drinking game going on that night. <laughs> so, um, and let this game, this you know, drinking game, continue. And Keko, we love you. We want to see you working the ball. We love your magic with your feet. And yes, you're going to get tackled. You're going to get fouled because you are the man with the ball. You're dangerous when you have the ball. They don't know which way you're going. You shift motion, Kecko. If you're listening to this or Jorge, I know you're going to listen to this and I know I'm going to get a comment back later today if it's posted. Um, I, I, I'll get corrected by some you know, super fans of, of Kecko's. But anyhow, on that note, Jared, did you drink every time Kecko went down? Uh Probably during the Phoenix game, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Kecko wasn't playing in the Phoenix match, but you know we could have picked any other player. I, I drunk in spirit. I'll put it that way. There you in, go. <laughs> in, in his in his name. In his uh, but name. now, uh, unfortunately, uh, like uh, a, a few folks out there, I was kind of fighting with Fox Forty's website, which normally my browser on the Xbox would be able to display it perfectly fine, but all of a sudden this. It just found this day to to say media uh, not uh, supported. Yeah, media not supported for the browser. So thankfully, I still had ESPN Plus. Uh, so once I fired ESPN Plus on the Xbox, it, it just started showing uh, the goal celebration. But uh, looking at obviously, since we haven't got that part as of yet, looking at this, yeah, there the first uh, collision was definitely more worthy of a card than the second one. I'm not complaining that the second one got the card going, of course. I'm not not trying to say that, but it ultimately did work in our favor. And I'm just glad that Seba was able to, you know, focus and then uh, plot out the, how he was going to get through and end up working out for us. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was a PK. And I'm not just saying it because it's Sac Republic. You know, I actually called out on... PK calls that we get that I feel like are gifted to us. But in this one, yeah. I mean, Keiko touches the ball first. The guy just, like, gets in front of him, too. And you know what? They're going to call a PK, right? Like, there was no, like, ball contact by the Oakland player. And when that happens inside the box, more often than not, it's going to be a PK, right? I mean, you did contact without the ball. They're going to call it, right? So it's like, you don't want that, then don't even get anywhere near him <laughs> right don't don't pull that slide because you're gonna drop the man right and that's what i would say with 20 players it's risky you pull the slight tackle you don't know what's gonna happen if you don't touch the ball and you touch the other guy even if it wasn't like as rough of a pk call like there's been some really rough ones it's still gonna be that call so i know that people would get frustrated there i know we would have been frustrated but even if it was the other way around i would have said i mean 
that's that's what happens and and that's that's all that goes to but yeah that all happened early on Seba getting a start and then turning right around and scoring a PK. Now, what's weird is, you know, we're trying to get Russell the golden boot, right? Mm. And, you know, they're to just say, you know what? Golden boot doesn't matter. We know this guy converts PK. So letting Seba step up and take it had to be a huge confidence boost for him. If you think about it, you know, because they could have had any one of the guys. They could have had Dami take it, whatever. Um, but it was really nice to see the guys, you know, not nobody made any qualms about who was going to take this this shot. And, you know, it was right in front of where we were. It was so it was so exciting. Literally, we were down on the ground. And if you look in the distance, you can probably see Mark and uh, Pastor Briggs. Uh, not Mark. I'm sorry, Todd and, and Pastor. They were along the, where the thread up words are. They were back there. And so they probably saw this goal like straight up right in front of them. But where Tina and I were sitting was we had gotten some tickets down on, we paid for them, by the way. Um, we had gotten tickets right uh, on the, like, just like probably 30 yards. So you can't see us. But anyhow, we saw this and it was just so fabulous. And so, of course, I was the obnoxious away fan carrying my flag up and down the stadium and stands and looking up. And, you know, we were, we were pretty obnoxious when we scored, which was okay. Um, and we needed to be. But that was it. That was the goal of the match, even though we wanted more and even though Oakland threatened and Carlos did, you know, great things and kept a clean sheet. This was it. This is all we got out of that match besides great play. And we got to see some of the, you know, um, the guys rotate in. If you saw our bench, our bench loaded Luis Felipe, Nick Ross, um, uh, Rodrigo, uh, Roro, you know, if the, our bench, Connor. I think what was not Connor Donovan. Um, oh, Jared Timmer. Our bench was like a whole nother string. I mean, had we loaned our guys to Hartford, they would have won, you know, our, if we lo- loaned the, this weekend's bench. So there was no way we were going to lose this match based on who the personnel that we brought in. So it was, it was just super fabulous. It was great. You know, every, everything going on at the, at the match was good. There were a few, you know, close calls, where Oakland got real dangerous. Emra played a great game, man. He contained his side of the pitch. Emra knows what he's doing. He's really good. So it's nice to see one of our former players having such good success. The other thing that was supposed to happen at this match was uh, Carlos's brother who plays for the Oakland Roots is injured, but they were supposed to have a brother-brother, you know, matchup. And it was going to be like one of the first times, you know, for us at Sacropolic where you had siblings, a sibling rivalry, but unfortunately, when I was talking to his uh, Carlos's dad, you know, there was there was not going to be that because Carlos's brother was injured. But it was it was lovely to see, you know, Carlos have such great success. That could always happen if we promote uh, Kate Cowell's brother from Academy to Psych Republic, and then we play against the Earthquakes in the Open Cup. Yeah, so another sibling oh, rivalry. Although a European club is interested in Kate Cowell, so oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I will. I will say uh, one observation I've seen uh, between uh, with between this match and pro- probably the, the last couple matches. And once again, disclaimer: this is not a dig against any one player. I mean, th- that situations do happen, and like we say on on the podcast, it's all love. We we do see where things happen, but I've noticed that in the Oakland match. Carlos was a little bit more conservative. He didn't really stray too far from the line and was able to 
you know, take advantage. In fact, we saw some saves that were potentially save of the week uh, potential uh, in this match. Uh, whereas Danny, I, you know, I, you've heard me uh, uh, make my uh, complaints about him having to pay for my, uh, uh, my, my uh, blood pressure meds. But I mean, you, you can kind of see the difference. I mean, Danny does come off the line um, sometimes a little bit more often than I like, but you know what? I'm just a fan. I'm just sitting back watching him. I, I let him do his thing, you know, like we all do. But um, we've noticed that, unfortunately, that coming off the line once in a while um, doesn't work out. So I'm not sure if uh, if that's a correlation, but, you know, that might be something that maybe the uh, the goalkeepers uh, union might want to take into uh, account. But once again, this is just observation, something I'm seeing. I'm not putting my butt out on the line uh, out there like uh, Danny and Carlos are, but just something I've seen, just something I want to share from my perspective. So just, just so you know, because you didn't see the whole match the way that we saw it because you know, the camera angles or whatever, Carlos came way out. So, you know, I think they're, they, they both come out when uh, there there's comfort in, and they know that a transition isn't going to happen very quickly because Carlos was out. Carlos was, you didn't see it. But he was out. He was playing a little bit of a sweeper action, you know, retrieving or receiving passes back um, for resets and restarts. But, you know, he I, I, I think that's a style that Mark does not discourage, um, you know, the sweeper keeper. Yeah, it might catch our guys a little wrong footed once in a blue moon. Um, I agree that for the most part, Carlos is a little more conservative that way. But he came out. I mean, like I said, the TV angles didn't show everything to you what we could see and there was one time when i was looking back in the net it's like where's the blue oh the blue uniform is up halfway you know to the midline it's like okay well he's pretty confident so yeah yeah that's that's legitimate i mean it just really depends on how they position the cameras uh there at uh at hayward so you know that's definitely possible so i have to ask you how was the camera viewing at, you know, at Cal State's Bay? Um, because I'll tell you what, this is the least ADA friendly stadium I have ever been to. Do you realize how many stairs I had to go down that were super, super steep and super, it was a lot to get down to the seats that we had. It was a freaking workout. And then I wanted to go back up to see somebody um, before the game started and I had to hike all the way up. I mean, if I lived there, I'd be in such good shape because I would be doing stairs all the time. <laughs> this is like so – it was hard. Cameras are actually pretty good. Um, it's cert- certainly better than Cashman Field, but you know, I know it's not saying much. But uh, but no, as, as far as stairs go, they've got nothing compared to uh, Sun Devil Stadium out in Tempe. And yes, I'm still calling it Sun Devil Stadium because I – Refused to call it Mountain America Stadium, the recent renaming of, of, of the stadium uh, that the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils play at. Because even getting into the stadium, when I was a season ticket holder for the Arizona Hotshots of the uh, Alliance of Amer- American Football, once you get in, it's basically stairs and it's like walk and walking up a mountain because, yeah, there, there wasn't any elevators, there wasn't any uh ADA ramps or anything like that like you see at most modern stadiums it was leg day all day every day at that stadium but i'm sure it was uh, kind of close to that there at uh, at Hayward i mean th- th- we got to remember we we have uh 
fans that uh, might have different needs than all of us. So it's a little shameful that uh, that stadium wasn't really ADA accessible. Yeah. Are we stalling so that we don't have to talk about podcasts? Freaking Luis get to <sighs> Are we stalling talk it, to get it, to there? It sounds like it too. And and see, I'll, I'll keep stalling it. Just a, one quick thing here on, on the, going back to the penalty kick shooter. And I really like that they actually don't do what maybe other teams might do, right? Just give the ball to the guy who's in the race to win the golden boot, right? Like, let's try and give him another goal that way. No, I think it's great that coach uh, lets the guy who can have the stronger shots take the PK. And we clearly saw it with uh, Sebastian. Like, he really knows how to place the shot right there, especially when you're in front of a goalkeeper that we know Paul Blanchett, right? We know that guy has plenty of clean sheets and he's up there on the table for that. So you need a guy who knows where to shoot it right there. And, you know, Russell might be a good shooter as well, but hey, Sebastian is more of the PK specialist, right? I mean, all the guys are confident enough to place good shots. That's why you're at the pro level, of course. But always got to have your uh, strongest player who can do the best shots uh, do it. So great that uh, he was chosen. And not just that, but also, I mean, he gets another goal, right? I mean, after that long injury, it's great to see him in the scoring sheet again. And one more thing I wanted to mention, because I forgot to mention it in the other game, and I just got reminded and seeing the substitute list, is that how amazing is it that Cristian Parano was on the bench in this match? You guys remember in the last match, he got the worst, worst kick ever from one of the Phoenix players that it should have been a red card, and not just a red card. But that should be a red card that had like multiple game sanctioned because yeah, he got I felt so bad for him. Yeah, yeah. that could have been a career ending injury. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, geez, I hope he actually is able to like still walk. Because if you guys saw the replay, right, when what well, after it happens, he was right. trying to stand up and he could barely walk. I, I didn't know if he was ever going to be playing back with us, too, honestly, when I saw that. And it's unfortunate that. You know, that Phoenix player, as far as I've heard, like, I guess he didn't get any, like, post-game sanction or nothing happened there. But again, USL and all that, too. But not to dwell on that. But but really awesome that Christian was back in the bench. It's just a good sign. Even though he didn't get subbed in, being on the bench means that you are eligible to play. And coach wouldn't just put any guy, even if he wasn't 100%. So, um, glad to see him back there. And, uh, yeah, it, it shows us that. <laughs> He's definitely strong, right, on on the fit side to withstand a tackle like that and still be back on the bench uh, in the next match. So great to see him there. All right. Well, you guys do all that enough. And I do want to start actually uh, doing uh, some uh, flexing here, but uh, I couldn't even believe it. I know I had to hear from Sharon that I had gotten some points because I, I just gave out my predictions for the last podcast uh for these two games i just put him out there and i was just like let's wish for the best there but i i didn't think it was only going to be me getting a point in these last two matches i thought you guys would be getting more but i i see what you two were trying to do with the yellow cards and trying to kind of (laughs) go go head in hand but it didn't work though it didn't work you guys said phoenix would get the first yellow you guys said we would get the first yellow against oakland but y'all's plan to get further on in the table and leave me behind did not work 
So I'm interested in seeing what what the strategy will be like now that I'm here <laughs> for this one here uh, for this next match against uh, El Paso. It was totally random. You're you're being paranoid. You're being <laughs> conspiracy theory kind of guy, which is so not like you, except when we're talking about the referees or the USL. So no, it just happened that way. I had written mine down too. Okay, you just had. To- he just had to switch uh, uh, aluminum foil scarves for for a bit. He had to <laughs> he, he had to take he had to take off the the one for the refs and, and the officials. He had to put uh, put the other one on for the uh, for the points uh, a prediction. So, <laughs> and it wasn't easy actually predicting Oakland would get the first yellow. By the way, especially being away and and all that, it was like uh, I'm taking a chance here. And I didn't even know what YouTube put. I mean, just so everyone knows, I I sent my prediction. I had no idea what Sharon and Jared put. In fact, I had no because idea. Because you didn't now. listen to the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, th- there was that too. But um, but yeah, so El Paso is the next game. El Paso, just so you guys know, they're sitting at eighth place right now. So they have that last playoff ticket. Uh, that's where they're sitting at in the standings. So uh, with that being said, and since yeah. Jared, I think, hasn't wait, gone wait, wait. first for wait. a while. Wait, wait, wait. Before Hang you on. do that. Can you pull up the discipline record um, for the league so we can look and see? Because I can't get it on on my phone. It's not pulling up. I'm wondering if they're updating it right now, and that's why it's not loading. So I was trying to pull up the USL Championships discipline, you know. Oh, yeah. The league leaders. And we could start with the Sac Republic ones, too, just to see how how we're doing. Well, I just want to see team staff, not so much player. I want to see, you know, I want to see where El Paso stands with respect to total discipline. Total team. Okay, let me, where we're here, too. And Arnold's going to sit. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no one's going to take down uh, Arnold, as you like to call him, too, like. Yeah. He's right there. He's he's won the title already, and then we that's what we had as a competition. So I think we're so we're all missing out on five bonus points unless, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just uh, with the remaining games, six remaining games. Yeah, the yeah. Luther could make make a case for it if he gets six yellow cards. He could be at twelve, but yeah, <laughs> it's not loading. Um, See, it's it's totally not loading. I'm wondering if they're updating it. Um, in the in the league, I can see yours isn't loading either. I think they must be. Um, oh, there it goes. Doing an update. So, so Arnold pulled a yellow on Saturday night, which we should talk about. Um, uh, you know, for kicking the ball away, and so that means he has to sit for two. So he's not going to be available sure. this weekend. But we talked about the depth that we have in the squad. Um, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a second. We're going to talk about our future opponents. Once we pick our podcast, podcast winner dinner choices, we have to talk about our, our upcoming matches. So what I want to see is how is El Paso stacking up with respect to, um, discipline, like, uh, you know, the team, the team rankings, not the individuals on discipline. So lower Western conference and then discipline. Let's see. It's lower. That you're in the individual rankings there. Go lower. Go below that. See where it says team rankings. You're you're gonna still pull up individual. You gotta go lower where it says team, right? I think it is. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. And see look. It see, it's giving you forever to load too. They have so much data on. The- <laughs> Actually. Right. It's pulling up the 2022 team stats. Oh, screw it then. They don't even have wow. 
Okay, we've said enough about USL maybe in this podcast already. <laughs> but uh, let's okay, see. They, they, it might just be someone may have just forgotten it's 2023. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just go blind. Everybody goes blind here. Um, we don't get to use data as our helper to, you know, pick. Yeah, I, I'm still loading on mine. It's yeah. Not pulling it up. I, I'm, plus, sometimes, uh, I mean, Sometimes the team that doesn't really get yellows gets the yellow. So it, it's, I mean, it could really happen. It's kind of a coin toss at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, crap shoot. Sure. Yeah, sure, but sure. basically when, yeah, when it comes down to it. Um, you went first last time, Luis. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in on both because we have to do both matches because we have a match on Saturday and a match on Wednesday. Or do we want to just do the Saturday match, do a podcast on Sunday, and then pick the Wednesday stats on yeah yeah let's do that yeah okay okay so against oh gosh against el paso i have a score of two zero with seba as the goal scorer our first goal scorer and if he is injured or doesn't play um then i'm gonna pick of all people connor donovan i have faith that connor donovan is gonna get a goal Alrighty, and the first yellow is gonna be sacramento so did you get all that? Where's my name? I was typing, but this thing, there you go. Oh, okay. So I have Seba and Connor. Only one in on Connor. It's not Connor Sutton, it's Connor Donovan. <laughs> so it's only one in. All right. And for Cielo, what was it again? Sack. Okay. All right. And, uh, you know, I usually go first. After, I mean, I usually go next after you do. So, Jared, how about you? Well, seeing how El Paso is still in a slide, I'm going to say 3-1 Republic. And as far as uh, first goal that they scored, it's going to be a tough one there. Pick Keko because you'll be friends with Jorge forever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't pick Keko. whoever you want. Pick Keko. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to think of. Russell. Russell's overdue. Oh, yeah. He's definitely overdue. I mean, he's... he's He's already fallen a couple uh, places behind in the golden boot. So, you know what? I'll go with Russell from from my first choice. And if he doesn't uh, get it, well, obviously you can't pick Zico because he's on international duty. He might be back by then. He might be back by then because the game's not until the 16th. And today is only the fourth. Yeah, that that is true. Um, Hell, you you know what? I'm going to say Luther. Luther, if uh, Russell doesn't uh, make it on there, if he's not on the pitch. And first yellow, I'm going to go El Paso. All right. Well, this is what I got. I have it already written down here. I was winning 2-1. I have first goal scorer, Russell. And if he doesn't see the pitch, I have Gecko. I actually did have faith in, in Gecko there. So I guess I have a new best friend here. <laughs> um, yeah. And first yellow card, I see El Paso as well. I'm having faith in that referee. I hope they don't let me down. You guys realize you could overtake me if you're all right. Wait oh. a minute. We're tied right now. I think it's a, are we a three-way tie? So we haven't even standings. gone over the scores yet. Yeah. yeah. So, so standings, I got the two points. So Sharon is still in the way, 19 points. And now Jared and I are tied with 18 points. So uh, yeah, yeah, you guys could leapfrog over me on the 16th. Yeah, well, well yeah. actually, so, but if we get the right yellow card, we it would be a three-way tie. If the yellow card is the only thing, 
No, because so. if you guys if you guys got all three points. Oh, if we all, oh, yeah, I meant just if, we, if it's just a yellow oh, card oh. game, like with these oh. last two, yeah. That's true. Yeah, but at, you guys have different goal scorers. That's right. Yeah, because at minimum, you know, we could at least get the yellow card. Yeah. Yeah, and then that would be really interesting. So another game where <laughs> we're going to be looking at the referee closely. <laughs> these right. refs, they're deciding a lot of the table, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they sure are. <laughs> well. It's it, it was nice while it lasted to have a nice little run of form for me. My campaign has been kind of sucky lately because uh, the guys must be listening to the podcast. And my guy, you know, the players absolutely do not favor me at this point. Uh, so if uh, we could figure this out, um, Seba, you know, if we could figure this out, guys, uh, you know, somebody needs to draw the yellow, although nobody wants to draw yellow first. But I don't know, man. <laughs> But Seba, I mean, come on. If and you know, Connor, it's your your due. So between you guys, you really have to make something happen for old podcast mom. And I say old in a very kind way because I am that person who is older. You know, let's face it. You're telling them so that way uh, they get the yellow card, considering that Arnold is not going to be there, right? Sally, for you, right. Arnold is not playing. <laughs> so like, oh. somebody, you know, Luis Felipe needs to pull the first yellow. So. <laughs> You know, he, I think he, who was, uh, who was, can we scroll back up and see who the yellow card choices are? Because remember I had to change mine once Roro got injured. Now he's back to the, you know, in the game. So who did I, who did I end up picking? Oh, I ended up picking Shane and he doesn't have very many yellow cards. And then Jared picked Luis Felipe. No, Shane, we go ahead and get a yellow card for me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I think Luis Felipe has a handful of them. I don't know what his. I don't know what his stats are, but I, I think he has a handful of them. Well, when we were Probably. looking at the stats, it, yeah, look, they're not, I think, I mean, to be the leader in yellows, uh, I think it might be impossible for them to. We could look again at the yellow cards, but I, I know just went way too far with it. Uh, I should have picked him. Man, I didn't think, you know, when we were first picking, I had the other Lopez. Yeah. yeah and then he got injured and I picked Luis and. He got injured. Right? But he's back. He got, oh no, he came back at the same time as Roe. Yeah. 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 I mean, here's the style. Shane has three yellow cards. Luis Felipe has two yellow cards. So okay. with six games left, yeah, they're not going to be the leader. No, they're not going to be the leader. We should have, we should have picked Arnold. Look at look at Luther. Oh, but I mean that's kind of duh. I mean he's he's such a big guy and he's a big target. Connor Donovan up there with five. Ooh, these guys have to start being a little careful. Kecko, ah, you know he's got five too. He's just a little tiger. Russell too, with yeah, five. Russell. Yeah. Well, I mean if you look at all the guys that handle the ball a lot, you know you've got the right guys getting cautions because they're they're on the ball more. You know, they're, they're, they touch the ball a little bit more. All right. So let's look at the, um, let's look at the overall uh, standings and let's look at the fact that we're coming up against um, El Paso on the 16th. And, you know, El Paso was predicted by um, uh, Rob, Rob McAllister. Thank you. Um, He, he predicted them to be a, you know, bottom dweller essentially and they're true to form. Uh, with Rob, I gotta listen to that man more. We've got to add one more like little weird stat that we can bet on ourselves, and you know, I'll just like listen to Rob and Connor's 
interview at the very beginning of the season to see who they like and who they don't like. So, um, so it, it, it's looking promising. If we play our match, you know, El Paso is just above the line. They're going to fight tooth and nail at this, at this game. Maybe I should change my yellow card prediction and not us, but retaliatory fouls are often the ones that get called initially, not the initial. Okay. I'll stick with Stack Republic. Um, but we're back in the, in the lead, you know, with 51 points and people have been asking how come they haven't shown us as clinching. Well, Luis Urbano did the math for us over the weekend and we need one more point to clinch playoff, you know, a, a, a playoff berth. doesn't mean we clinch hosting because we're so tight as far as the middle to the top of the table. Um, Whereas other, the Eastern Conference, there's a bit more of a spread. Um, and that's why, because this conversation was also going on in the background, how come we didn't show his clinching, but Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh did? And it's simply because two of their bottom teams don't have a chance at making playoffs. Not that they've been eliminated, but to clinch, um, you know, those teams already with the points that they have, they've clinched at least through eighth place. We haven't gotten to that point yet because of stinking Monterey Bay. Yeah, pre pretty much too. Yeah, otherwise you would have clinched it. If we were in the East, yeah, we could have already mentioned that too. But uh, it is one point, but that's only if uh, Monterey and New Mexico lose, though. They still yeah. have a game in hand. Yeah. So it, it could be uh, one point. And if they don't, then that turns into four points, right? So, but I mean, given the fact that some teams are going to lose, it's not like all the teams down there are going to win. We're, we're we're practically there, right? It's nothing to really worry about too much. Now, all we have to do is just worry about keeping a, a home advantage for playoffs, right? You got to be in the top four to be able to host in that first round. Of course, the higher up you are, the better, because uh, you end up hosting more games if you are uh, ranked higher than your opponent uh, in uh, playoff time and, you know, all that too. So um, it plays to our advantage there too. Now, we are still overall first place, even though, Yes, Pittsburgh Riverhounds have 51 points and uh, all that. So we're still first. We Our goal differential is uh, higher in that aspect. I mean, we're tied in every single instance, right? Games won, tied, lost. And heck, even when we played, right, we tied, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against uh, Pittsburgh, right? And so in the event that they'd have a tiebreaker to determine who like gets to host. We would actually be, if I'm not mistaken, the ones that got to host because our differential is higher. So you got to make sure you take care of that too. I know goal differential isn't as big as it is in other leagues, but always got to make sure you have a higher one too. Cause you know, you, you want to make sure you have that tiebreaker uh, to your advantage. Now we're higher than uncle Ruckus FC. And that's what we always uh, get really happy about. And, and all that too, right there. They got 49 points or two points behind, but we're caught up in games played. All is good right there. Now, Orange County could tie with them. They have 46 points, one game in hand. San Diego Loyal, 43 points, two games in hand. They could potentially, there could be like a three-way tie right there if they uh, get uh, both of their wins. But if you guys didn't already hear too, they're going to be um, folding at the end of the season. Sadly, we feel really sad uh, for what's been going on over there. and. I have my thoughts. I think MLS is the direct impact to it, but USL is trying to mention all these things and all that. I said it wasn't going to mention them again, but uh, that's what happened there with them uh, and all that too. So we feel for you, all, all the loyal fans out there. Uh, you guys are being mistreated there. 
Um, and then you got Phoenix Rising, 41. Oakland with 40. They're dropping down the sixth place there. Colorado Republic continues to be on uh, a downhill there in seventh place. And then the team we're going to be playing against, El Paso. They got two games in hand, right? 35 points, sitting at eight there. They're going to try and, you know, keep moving up in the table. Keep trying to guarantee that playoff ticket because if they win those two games in hand that they have, they could be right there sitting next to Phoenix for fifth place. So this is a team that we're going to have to be really uh, careful with because, uh, again, we're, you know, closer to the end of the season. There's only six games remaining. That's crazy to even say, but there is just six games remaining. So all the teams are going to be just like, you know, playing, playing for that playoff ticket to guarantee to stay there. Not just that, but also to try and get that first um, home game in playoff time. So that's that's yeah. how that, that will go too. So, but we have got a whole week off though. And after that, we just have to brace ourselves for another uh, full week of games too, because uh, we play against New Mexico. And the good thing is that it's at home, right? So we're not going to be traveling as much. In fact, or only two games that we're going to be traveling out of the six games are going to be happening uh, in September 23rd at Colorado, which we know how it is playing over there, uh, and also at RGB on the 7th of October. So luckily, we got four games at home, two away. I mean, it's good, right? The, the We have a really great end of the season, too, to have four home games. And among those four home games, you got Las Vegas Lights as one of the home games so i mean not saying that you know again sometimes we don't do as great against lo- like low level seeds and we do really great against those top teams but it makes you feel good to have at least four games in which all the fans can go out there support the team as always and you know what let's make the the push the playoffs because it, it, we could secure that first place just get those three points and those four home games, even if you lose against Colorado and RGB, we would be set for first place in the West if we win those four games. I, I'm pretty sure about that, unless Uncle Rookas ends up winning six games, which I doubt it. Like Jared mentioned earlier, they, they lost against uh, Tulsa. So, yeah. They lost yeah, so against pr- Tulsa, and then they lost their shit. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, that pretty much explains it. I mean, they had tied against RGV zero uh, zero on Wednesday, so that gave me a little bit bit of a, a positive attitude, even though we lost uh, that same night. And then this past Saturday, uh, yeah, uh, FC Tulsa ends up uh, beating them two nil. Well, no, no, my apologize. They were leading two nil. Ultimately, they end up winning two one. And as per his usual uh, schedule, scheduled outrage. Once uh, San Antonio FC lost, Mitch Tanner decides to try and pick and fight after the match ends. I mean, you could set your watch to it because it, it happened when he played against us in June. He got got all pissy and tried to start a fight, got sent off, kicked the uh, pride corner flag, which uh, league or the, or the team still didn't announce anything about that, of course. You know, big surprise. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to see Mitch Tanner lose it again this Saturday uh, when they play against Colorado Springs. So, fingers crossed. It is Colorado Republic, so he might <laughs> he might <Could> lose. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure there's a few of his uh, former teammates there, which who knows how 
how they feel uh, towards him too. But the good thing is Uncle Rook is FC. They might be right there behind us, but they're playing against the Colorado team. They're trying to like stay in playoffs right there. They're playing against Tampa Bay, which I know they guaranteed, you know, like playoffs, but they're still going to want to get more points to try and get that home advantage, right? Overall, Orange County is not an easy opponent. We know how they were like. Oakland Roots, you know, they're following, you know, they were following Phil in this last game against us, but hey, they're going to want to stay in playoffs and maintain that playoff ticket and potentially a home advantage there. And then they actually have to visit Orange County. So that's two Orange County games for them. And then the last game of the season might be maybe the quote unquote, maybe easier against Indy 11, but still Indy is also trying to uh, make a push for playoffs. So they don't have an easy schedule. There's no Las Vegas in them. So hang on, Luis. You're telling me that we're going to have to the cheer for Solomon Asante at the end of the season? Basically, yeah, for that because it could fall to where we're going to have to depend on that match, depending how like close oh, both teams are. Lord. We might have to, yeah, we might have to hope for a handball goal. See, that's the only time that I would accept a handball goal if he scores oh, against them. God. That would be great. <laughs> If if I'd have known two or so years ago that we would end up having to cheer on uh, uh, Mr. Assalte, yeah, for, for for us as far as getting us into the playoffs or securing our spot in the playoffs, oh god. Well, the the one thing that would make it sweeter is if Indy Eleven were actually playing in those corn cob kits. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, oh God! This yeah. this this is going to be interesting. I mean, I I may have to make make a a trip to the dispo if if it gets up to being like that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> give, give me a cu- couple of cans of that uh, special soda. <laughs> you know, I would probably if Sacramento did tomatoes, which of course they won't. But if they had a tomato kit. Man, I would so wear it. I would wear it. Oh, man, I would wear it all the time. And if I lived in Indiana and I was an Indy 11 fan, I'd be sporting that. I don't look good in yellow, but I would sport that corn cob kit. I mean, that is ingenious. I mean, tell me. Tell, tell me you wouldn't wear a tomato, like one that had tomatoes the way they, they have the corn. Like, like tightly knit tomatoes all over your shirt and on the back. And maybe one splatted tomato, you know? I'd wear it. I mean, heck, if if we're playing down in in Fresno and it was eggs, you know, because they grow the there's a lot of chicken ranches down there, and so a lot of a lot of hatcher, well, whatever, where they do the eggs. Come on, what's that called? Where you? I, I would I would I would say hatcheries, but that seems more no. of a term for uh, yeah, like grown- fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it when they're when they're when they raise chickens for the eggs? Oh, it's like I'm old and my brain isn't working. Well, there's hen houses. (laughs) Well, there's a hen house and then there's a hen house. (laughs) Anyhow, um, but I I would wear I would wear a kit that had eggs all over it. Anything with a nod to agriculture. I mean, come on, so do it. Like Portland did one with trees all over it. (laughs) I I was I would still say tomatoes and trees, tomatoes and trees. Yeah, for us. Yeah, or almonds too, right? Okay. You, you got blue diamond across the street. That's true. Well, I think Modesto could lend a hand on that. I mean, we could just borrow from, from the Modesto nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, 
the I name wear, though. If Modesto. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, we're already designing next year's um home red kit tomatoes. Come on. Doesn't anybody have a say in this? I mean they're hearing they'd you, be, so I mean the team's here. Calling yeah. us sack of tomatoes, because that's what we used to call Sacramento <laughs> when I was going to college. Oh, you live in sack of tomato? Yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I I guess if uh Hey, if tomatoes are a thing, then uh, you got to embrace them, right? So I think uh, that would be an interesting take on a kit. So there you go. We're giving them ideas. We need to do a whole episode with them. Here's some ideas. Rice is the other main thing that we grow here in the valley is is rice. But that would only have – that would be the white kit, and nobody would ever see the rice. I mean, it would be like, could we have a rice day? I don't know. Maybe throw throw in some uh, soy sauce bottles there, giving Kiko Mans and Folsom. That's true. Oh. Yeah. yeah, we need to get some good corporate sponsors. That you know, I would love to go home with a, a a thing of Heinz ketchup or Hunts. Hunts, I think, is the one that used to be over there in uh, Woodland area or Davis. Was Hunts, I think, it was Hunts. Yeah. Hey, we start talking about food. There we go too. And I'm, I'm oh, that's hungry. right. We went to food. Yeah, it, it had it hadn't happened yet, so yeah, it happened. <laughs> All right. So- well. Before we kind of uh, do our parting words here, I know, Sharon, you had some audio that you wanted to share with us that you recorded at Oakland. So before I forget, let me go ahead and add it. But if you want to give a little brief intro on what we're about to hear. So I used to work for a director of soccer operations in first Sac Republic years ago. And and one of my one of my bosses was Dustin Cleaver. And then Dustin went on to. uh, after Sac Republic, he went on to work at uh, another location, you know, managing operations because he's very skilled at all of that. And now he's with Oakland Roots as also the manager of soccer operations. So I had a chance to catch up with him and I did a quick interview with him and he was so kind and he was so thoughtful with his comments with respect to Sac Republic and his own squad and what they stood for. So on that note, I'll let y'all take a listen to the interview that I gave, uh, that he gave us. And there's some parts where I'm laughing my head off, but just, you know, it's because there's a lot of inside jokes as anytime you work for a team, it doesn't matter what part of the team, there's always some wonderful inside jokes that go on. Even if you're a fan of the team, we all have incredible camaraderie. So have a listen. And I really appreciate Dustin Cleaver coming on for us. Hello, everybody. This is Sharon Anderson with State of the Republic podcast, and I'm with Dustin Cleaver, who used to be my old boss in Sac Republic. He was the director of soccer operations, vice president, actually. And here he is tonight with the Oakland Roots. And Dustin, tell us a little bit about your experience here with the Oakland Roots. Yeah, I mean, uh, Oakland is uh, a very good community club. Um, I would say it's kind of similar of what Sacramento is. Um, it's all about the community and people first. So the club itself is doing a very good job from the outside. And from the team side, we're doing really well as well, but tough loss tonight. But uh, so far, it's been a good club to work for. So also, uh, what are some of the things that you like doing on a day-to-day basis? What are some of the fun things that you do? Yeah, I mean, the fun things is always playing with the players and dealing with them and uh, dealing with their new little antics every day. It's always something. <laughs> Uh, but it's all it's all about the staff and the players and, and just being around people. It's always about being around good people. Um, that was kind of just very similar to SAC as well. We had good people at the time. Um, so for me, it's, it's 
it's what makes it fun every day. So tell us uh, a little bit about what is one of the toughest moments you've experienced this season so far. Yeah, I think the toughest moments, of course, it's all about facilities, right? So as you can see, we're here at Cal State East Bay and just be able to have that relationship built where I was able to make a phone call and make it happen. Um, that was a difficult thing. So now that we're here, everything's been great. Yeah, it's been good. Excellent. Justin, it's been excellent to see you again. And um, any parting words for the State of the Republic podcast that you know me, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, no, no I will definitely tell you the truth, but we'll keep it PG today. <laughs> Uh, but actually, it was a great honor uh, seeing you because I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, I want to congratulate everybody that had the uh, big game last week at Hughes Stadium. I wish I could have been there, uh, but I was traveling. Um, but I love what Zach is doing, what Kevin's doing, what Todd's doing. Um, you know, I follow it left, you know, very close. You know, and you know me. I've uh, been here since the beginning with San Jose as well, and I just love what Zach's doing. And I hope they can get that stadium downtown. I think that's the next steps. But I'll love to tell you the stories about sharing later. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think they know a couple of them. I may have already leaked them out. Thank you so much, Dustin Cleaver. We love the Oakland Roots because this has been our, our our little over the freeway rivalry, and it's been so appreciative to have a, a chance to talk to you and see you again. As well. uh, it's great rivalry. Let's keep it up. Appreciate all right. it. All the best. All right. Thank you, Luis, for um, giving us that opportunity for um, sharing some thoughts and uh, with my time in Oakland and also interviewing Dustin Cleaver. And again, thanks to the whole Oakland Roots organization for being stellar, wonderful, except for the fact that there, there were a few little hitches besides the weird stadium. But otherwise, you know, you heard Dustin Cleaver talk about the toughest thing that he had to go through this year, and, and that was having to find a new location. So um, they're doing their best. Yeah, and I can't wait till they have their... Uh venue they're supposed to have by the coliseum i think that's going to be really awesome considering that there's a lot of public transit options right there and it, and that's mm -hmm. you know more getting it back to the heart of the city where they should be at right with where their fans want them to be at as well right all right well sharon jared last final parting words here before we tell everyone uh, good night and we'll see y'all in the like a week now since we have to take a week off and it sucks but there you go we got a week off <laughs> Hey, you said it all, Luis. You know, it's good night. Happy Labor Day. And we'll see you all on the 16th. Go Republic. Uh, let's have a good weekend of uh, scoreboard watching. And uh, just remember, Fox 40's website is not down this weekend. We're not playing this weekend. So en enjoy the, the other matches. And let's hope uh, San Antonio loses. And can't wait for uh, Mitch's uh, next meltdown. And go Republic. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Uh, I hope that Fox 40 fixes any issues they have because I also ran into some issues where I had to keep closing the app and opening it to go back to it. But if anyone does, I, I suggest you also try to uh, watch the Spanish one because if anyone was running into issues that I was running, it kept like repeating the same thing over and over again. So you definitely want to uh, try the Spanish one. They're on like different feeds or something, but that one was working. I, I just had enough when I saw the same clip repeat over and over again three times in the English one. So awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening as usual. If you don't know, we've mentioned it already before, but SaxSoccerPod.com is our home on the internet. If you guys want to check us out there uh, rather than on an application, you have that option there as well. Uh, but with that being said, everyone, have a good week off. 
let's watch some games next weekend in the USL, see what, what there is. And we hope to see you next week here on State of the Republic Podcast. Cue the music. I think you're on mute. <laughs> yeah, I was on mute. I realized it because the the message popped up as you are muted, um, which would not be a bad thing. You know, if I get to be chatty Kathy here in a second.